0: Hello, welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast, David Evans here on the podcast this week. It's the Old Gold, Gold Glory crew. Old Gold Glory, I've said that right, haven't I? Old that, Gold Glory. we get
1: to talk about the uh, the past rather than Saturday yeah. instead? Just, we, we, uh, anything that we're was good romanticize in we just romanticise for four yeah. to five minutes rather than uh, talk about MK Dons at we, home. We could talk about old games against MK Dons. Oh, but, but, well, all but three the, of them. But,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the course of course, I think they didn't exist. Um, <laughs> I think they existed on Saturday afternoon, yeah. <laughs>
0: On the podcast this week, we're obviously going to talk about that game against MK Dons and we'll preview the game at the weekend against Rotherham. Uh, But firstly, emails. We've been trying to get you to uh, email us in and once again, no one's emailed us in. But I need to make this massive correction because on the last podcast we did, um, I talked about an email from uh, Munchie Firball. Were you on the last podcast, no. John? No, for some reason I thought you were. Um, and he emailed us in last season about a game that he did, Could I Think, with all the Fancast pundits, and we all had a good laugh. Uh, but it turned out that um, that email had come from a completely different person from Australia. Both these people from Australia, which is quite coincidental. Uh, so apologies to uh, the But family who uh, who actually sent that I Think email in last time. So, uh, yeah, so apologies for that. Um, Let's talk about Mike Williamson, Newcastle defender. Gone back because of an injury to which player at Newcastle? Do we know?
1: Uh, I, could, I could never pronounce his name right. Is it is it Lassles, uh, the centre-back, the one that they got from Forest? Uh, oh, the cells. Uh, The cells, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's... Uh, I think he was inevitable. I spotted he got injured at the weekend, and I thought I'd like to think it's not going to happen, but I knew that mm. Newcastle were down to the bare bones before they loaned Williamson out. And uh, it's a shame because I think he's... I think he's done a lot of good for the side. I think he's. Uh, I think Danny looks reassured playing alongside him. I think he's. Uh, he certainly helped the fullbacks in, in in games as well. He's he's been he's been fairly vocal, which I think's another thing that we've missed. And I can't say I'm looking forward too much to the prospect of Ebanks-Landell coming back mm-hmm. into the fold, given what his form was like before he got injured. Um, but we'll see. Um, it's it's going to be a different centre-back pairing, so let's well, give him a chance before I write them off. Um, it, it's, it was
0: that much-needed experience we needed. I mean, we only conceded three goals in five games with him in the defence. It, it made quite a difference, didn't it, really? It, it's, yeah. it, it's a big blow, I would say. I'm surprised that Newcastle hadn't recorded him before, given their problems in the Premier League in general.
2: Or was it, But I know that he's not really rated up there, is he? That, it would have been hard to justify without an injury, I think. Mm. Um so especially so quickly. And there was I think there was times I think back in the last season when there there the was thought he'd be just, he was just gonna be out of the club. Yeah, it, it's definitely gonna have an impact on wolves. Um and it, obviously with the loan window having shut it couldn't have come up much worse time around. Yeah, it was not the worst time. For not that not that there have been lots of people available to choose from anyway in that you know in that position that you would want. Um so, difficult one. Yeah.
0: It it's so happy at the minute, isn't it at Wolves? Yeah. <laughs> It <laughs> really is. And um, let's do a takeover rumour, shall we? Which we might be able to quash on the podcast. Kevin Muscat, uh,
2: leading R- a Graham consortium. Graham will quash that one, I know that.
0: Kevin Muscat, apparently leading consortium to buy Wolves. I know it'd be in every Wolves fan's dream for that to happen, but Graham has the intel on uh, K Muscat and well, I, consortiums.
1: I heard from a couple of people over the course of the weekend, naming no, no names, but they claimed that... He was at the training ground on Tuesday of last week. ITK there, ITK. I just happened to talk to him on Tuesday of last week and I have WhatsApp conversations to prove that and he was very much in Melbourne so either that's an incredible case of shape shifting or he's defied all travel laws I guess. So, I, I, can't, I can't, for the life of me, believe that he was here. Perhaps um, he was having a virtual tour. Maybe, well, anything's possible in this day and age, isn't it? It's like <laughs> a drone
0: with a, with a camera. God come, knows I've been Come
1: doing here, it. come here, Kevin. It's, 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 it's like those uh, previews of Grand Central that they've been putting all over the internet for the last four years, and now it's actually here. It looks nothing like those concepts in the first place. So, God knows what they're showing him. They're probably showing him that the ground redevelopment's happened and everything. I'll but... show you, Molyneux, because you've never seen it before, <laughs> But um, I, I, I don't know. I think I, I think the what people are trying to say is because I don't think he's going to have millions and millions of cash to inject in this venture. So I think it's going to be a case of like they often do with football takeovers. Uh, Niall Quinn at Sunderland's probably the obvious answer where they have a figurehead who goes out he's the face face of the organisation and the owners stay very much in the background. But it seems just completely mm. random.
0: What would be a dream scenario, John? Who would you like to see the face of a consortium taking over Wolves? What would you love to see? You'd wake up one day, you saw it, you're like, yeah, I like that. I'm not
2: really giving me any thought, to be honest. Well, I'm putting um, you
0: on the spot. <laughs> Oliver <and> Yana.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, Matt Murray. Matt Murray. It's not going to happen. But you said, what would, what would I like? What would make me smile? Um, that would make me smile.
1: How about Havard Flow? No. That would stop me in my tracks. I think the thing is in that sort of situation you've got to have a for someone to front up a consortium like that and for the to for the Wolves fans to automatically be on their side, they've got to be like a popular player from the from the past that's probably got a bit about them as well. Um in, in, in terms of someone being intelligent and articulate. I think Matt Murray ticks the boxes on that front. Possibly somebody like um, Andy Thompson would probably be considered in that sort of mm. bracket as well. Um, our friend Millies. Right.
0: <laughs> um, well, the uh, takeover stuff obviously going to continue until obviously we get took over. It's going to be a while. I know we've said this before, but it's going to be a while, isn't it? I think it's not going to happen overnight. Right. How about if I turn up and, and talk to someone at walls? Does that count as a, a conversation about takeover?
1: Or should we have a whip round? Then we can effectively be an interested consortium, couldn't yeah. we? Fancast well, consortium! I told you we, we had this. John John syndicate we can go and, uh, go <laughs> John, and make John's a bit. going to be the quiet <laughs> person in the room and keeps <laughs> notes of everyone. Yeah,
2: exactly. But <laughs> I don't think anybody really knows what's going on there. That's the thing.
0: we am going to be lucky as well, given the situation that's happening at Bolton at the minute. You know, they they could be in administration by the end of the week, and we're still, as far as we're aware, quite a sound financial club, given that we've technically got no owner. I think people perhaps may need to put that in
1: perspective that
0: we're asked that we should still be in a good position given what happens to other teams in our league as well. How much have Bolton got
1: a raise by the end of the week?
0: I don't know, but someone I heard on the radio today that their own had already written off 185 million. Yeah, supposedly. So
1: it's uh, it's, it's, sho- sh- it's shocking. To, it's shocking yeah. to imagine that a club that's pretty much. I mean, when did, when did they get relegated? Was it the For, same? Yeah, same year as us. Same, year as us same season as us, and they're in that position and we've in in terms of league position we've been slightly worse off than them but we've managed to keep ourselves on a fairly stable financial footing which in this in this day and age, it should be applauded, really. But, um, I mean, to yeah, not I imagine, think, I to imagine what's to happened give,
2: with Bolton. It's just, you've got to you know, give some credit to Morgan for that. have got to give good credit to the Wolves fans as well for mm-hmm. turning up in good numbers when we were when we were down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's helped to keep the ship afloat. Yeah. I mean, if we'd have dropped down to like 10 or 12,000 very quickly after the Championship relegation, we'd have been in a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah. And final part then of the new speech Old Gold Glory. We mentioned at the start of the podcast, it's back for this season, the first issue, uh, the European Night issue. Gentlemen, please uh, describe to us what readers can find in the first issue of this season I in Glory.
2: Graham can tell a bit more than myself, and he had more input on this one. Than um,
1: well, the famous European knights. Uh, I'll go through my editor's editor's welcome at the start. I drew the inspiration from this issue based on a conversation I had at um, when I when I first went to university in my early twenties, a long time ago. And I had a conversation with a couple of my housemates at the time and I described Wolverhampton Wanderers as being the Manchester United of the 1950s. And that was met with laughter. And I could kind of understand that because when I first started following football, I was looking through my dad's old programme collections and there was Aldershot Town away, Newport County away, and I was like, Dad, who are these teams? Why are Wolves playing these? Because I always thought we were kind of like a championship level club. I didn't see us playing like low league football. So I can kind of understand why that, was met with laughter because at the time I think Wolves had only had one season of top-flight football. But I told them the story about Billy Wright and Stan Cullis and the Homveg games, and even the stories of the in in, in the seventies where Wolves were in the first UEFA Cup final against Tottenham, and they beat the likes of Juventus um, in famous famous matches. And news with uh, Phil Parks, who was part of that famous UEFA Cup uh, campaign, saved. A penalty in each leg of the semi final, ironically, with the same leg against uh, Fenice Faros. And both legs with the same leg, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both legs with the same leg. <laughs> Work that one out. There's a riddle for yeah. you. Um, you've got Steve Daly, who was also part of that, uh, part of that campaign. Uh, player from the 50s called Bobby Mason, who's one of only two Wolves players to score against Barcelona and Real Madrid. Oh, wow. Um, for those. Listeners out there that don't quite believe the words I've just said. Yes, we did actually play Barcelona and Real Madrid. And we did actually win one of those games.
2: Uh, we got absolutely stuffed by what? Barcelona.
0: I just always remember the friendly for you years, years ago now at home against Barcelona when we lost
1: 3-2. Where Simon Osborne got the Shavvy shirt after the game. Yeah. Uh, and um, Van, was Van Gaal was actually the manager at that point, didn't I he? I think he was, he yeah. Was quite and then there's... Um, there's also an interview as part of a new feature we're doing where we're tracking down some of the foreign imports that have come into the club over the past few years, and you can you, you, you're probably going to see uh, equal measures of the good, the bad, the, and the downright ridiculous in this category over the next uh, next few issues. But we uh, messed up with John De when he was over for the Blackpool game in January, and we had a we had a good good chat with him, and uh, the findings of that conversation are in this issue as well. Um, so yeah we're hoping there's a bit of something for, for everybody and it can be a bit of an education process for the younger fans uh, that might not know about these great games and these great achievements
0: so when when is it available when can people get it how can people get it etc
1: it's available now yeah. um, you can go to www.oldgoldglory.co.uk and order it we will be on sale at uh, the Forest and the Leeds games and uh, if you keep an eye on our twitter account at oldgoldglory We'll update on where sellers are likely to be during those two games. So on Saturday, Wolves um,
0: grounded out a 0-0 draw against uh, MK Dons. Only the third time in Wolves history that we've played MK Dons, as uh, John was alluding to before. Um, Wolves seem to have the chances, but just not that killer ball to get in the back of the net. Whereas MK Dons just basically defended for the whole game. Gentlemen, was it a bad performance or was it like I just said it just didn't fall for us on the day
2: I think s- somewhere in between probably it wasn't, wasn't a bad performance it wasn't just wasn't clinical was it mm. um, I, th- I thought that going to the game I thought Wolves might struggle because there might be a lack of atmosphere and I thought this could be a real funny game this because the, the fans won't get but I, th- I thought the fans did their best early on to, to, mm. to lift the, considering there was nothing from the opposition fans what few there was of them Um I thought the fans stuck with the team as well throughout the game quite well. Um, they made chances, not admittedly for the amount of possession we had, probably not as mm. many as you, you could have, but they, they did make some good chances. Mm. I mean, a phobia's had two or three really good chances. Yeah. Mm. Um, that he should have, should have done better with. To be fair,
0: there was no real clear-cut ones. I mean, if Obe had a chance in the second half, which the keeper did well to save. <laughs> he the the, near in the right. first
2: off didn't he? With his left foot, he should have hit it earlier, and the keeper mm. versus sat on it. Mm. And then he put that one over the bar at the, yeah, north the, he had he had the back to, sc- the yeah, one where he had back, his back to goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but he's mm. too. He had plenty. He should, have, he should have done better with that.
1: He, he had time to take another touch with that, really, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. But MK
0: yeah. Dunn's mm. You know, try and be as, as respectful as we can. They they weren't the best team on the day, were they? They were, they were really poor. They were a team we should have been easily beating.
2: I thought they were probably one of the worst teams since League One mm. that we you know in the last couple of seasons that we've seen down at Molyneux. Um The tactics were poor there's niggly fells that just progressively got worse as the game went on
1: there should have been at least five or six yellow cards during that period yeah but me. if there have been some
2: booked early in the game we might have been playing against 10 now I'm not saying we should have been looking to play against 10 to try to beat MK So I'm not looking at that as an excuse but I mean it, it wasn't I thought
1: great I think in the first half just to, just to say about the card situation there I thought the ref actually did fairly well in the first half in order to let the game flow a bit more Yeah, but I think there were some shocking oversights in the second half, I mean, particularly as you got towards closer to the end. Whereas I think you're right. I think if, if, they'd, if those had occurred earlier he in the game,
2: even, he never even went back for the for the incident where they were pulling a phobia short. I think he never
1: even oh, went yeah. back. And, to I, and it. I saw I saw more of Benica phobia than I wanted to see at that stage <laughs> as well. And um, but um, going back to what you said, Dave, I think it was more. I think it was more a disappointing performance mm-hmm. than a particularly bad performance. But I think. I agree with John. I think MK were that poor, and it wasn't like Burnley a couple of weeks ago, where Burnley were. Burnley were actually okay, but they were there for the taking. I think MK Dons were, pretty poor, and we should have beaten them. It's um,
0: it actually felt like Blackpool last season. You now when we kind of we just about got the goal from like Edwards Don, at the yeah. end, and then a foamy score, but we basically won the game. If Wolves had scored in the first ten minutes, we would have killed the game off. Then I don't think MK Dons really would have come back and made a threat. And they had that a long-wind shot, which Carla O'Keefe did really well to save. He did
2: consider he not been involved in the game. It was a good yeah.
0: save, that was. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. And that I think that would have killed the game off if MK Dons
1: had scored that. I yeah. don't think Wolves would have no. thrown everything at MK Dons, but I just think they would have been solid enough to keep us out. That favourite thing was just bizarre, though. I know he, he, he flourished early on in the season playing that slightly deeper number 10-type role, but at one point on Saturday, he was practically playing right back in the second yeah. half. He was He, he was oh. just... Getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And and at this point, Lafondra's doing what he can to create space, but he's got no support in the box Mm. whatsoever. And it's like our our most prolific centre forward. Well, I'm not sure sure we can really call him that at the minute, but certainly our biggest goal threat is nowhere to be seen. It's bizarre, but I think there was a. I, I, I think you're going to come on to selection at some point, but I think there was a couple of real problems in that team that we set up with on Saturday. I think we should. I can't see why we're playing twenty second and going with just one up front. I think Lafondra should have started for me alongside of Phoby. Especially um, you've
0: got Holt on the bench. I know people were all Scott, questioning Holt, but it's still a striker. It's a big guy you can put on to rest one of the other one one the other strikers.
1: The thing is our best chance of getting a goal within the first half an hour of that game, which for me I think I think would have would have won us the game if we'd have got a goal in the first mm. half. You've got to have your two strikers on there, and, and we've seen we've a few times this season that he, he's been able to grab a goal out of pretty much nothing, um, and he's, he, he hasn't been given a lot of significant playing time, and and I think you you kind of neutralise that attacking threat by just having just having a phobia there, and particularly when he's dropping dropping deep towards the end of the game, I just don't see why. Lafondra's limited to just having twenty five minutes towards the end, really. When we're in that situation where a goal could change it, and do you, do you think Lafondra's done much for us this year? I,
2: I, personally, I think he's,
1: uh, he's 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 popped up with a couple of couple of goals, but they've mostly been in games that where 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 the games arguably been decided at the time. I think um, there was the there was the game I didn't see him play against uh, Charlton where he where he got the winning goal. Hmm. Uh, he scored against Derby, didn't he? And that was a goal out of pretty yeah. much nothing, hmm. which had that have come at a different different mm. time during that game it could have made a difference But mm.
2: I just think his contribution is, is minimal I think but I think well, down ser- service as well I, mean. John and I think he needs to play in a combination but I don't think mm. a phobia is the right combination but I think
0: Lafondra was brought in as an impact striker I think obviously the plan would have been a phobia and for the rest of the season Lafondra would have been that player who he'd bring on for the last 25 minutes who would hassle defenders and get the odd goal he, w- he wouldn't be the pro- prolific striker but he would still chip it goals. It's Kind of like, he hasn't, kind he of like hasn't. Sam Vokes in the promotion season, who would come off the bench, and he probably any a few games, he'd get an, the odd goal or two.
2: I don't know whether we've got the right type of player. I can see why Kenny Jackie wanted to link him up with Grant Holt of Bristol City, because make, it makes sense in terms of what the mm. has done in, in, previously in his career. But just, I mean, don't even talk about Grant Holt. I mean, you were Grant Holt there. I was, ne- I, nearly, I was nearly out the door and gone. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he can't play. holt He's finished. He's finished.
0: Halterman. He won't. He won't
1: play again
2: he really until he no. couldn't start the game because you wouldn't be. You, you might be taking him off at ten plus three. But that,
0: that, that's what I mean in the sense of that's why he's at least there to bring him on as a sub for well, 15 minutes. If you try, you're desperate for a goal, you have a tall man there. You bring him in. I think in some ways, although it feels like a bit of a desperation loan to me, that's the type of player that a we miss, we've been missing anyway under jacket. But also, I think Jack—that's type of player that Jack has been trying to get, especially with mm. people like Chris Wood, who so he was yeah, pursuing yeah. for a couple of years. Miyobi to
1: an extent. Yeah, yeah someone like
2: a Daryl Murphy, Chris Martin, yeah. Chris Wood—those top, but not Grant Holt. You're but talking I, of, I, I, three years too late.
1: I've got—I've got to say on the subject of Grant Holt as well. I think if there hadn't been these shenanigans with Enner over the last couple of weeks, he'd have probably have gone back by now.
2: Hmm.
1: I think—I I, I think he may well have done because I think his impacts. I—I'd I, be very surprised. If he gets any more game time between now and when his loan expires in January, because I just I, I, I can't see I can't see what he brings. Let's try and talk positive. Somebody who had a <laughs> uh, a good game um, seemed to make a good impression to the crowd. Home debut for Jordan Graham. You're talking positives though, and he got taken off, mm. and it's that that was another that was what I was going to come on to after I was talking about Lafondra with Graham because of the fact he was the only player. Uh, I I, I like James Henry and for all the will in the world he he tried hard on uh, Saturday and it didn't quite come off for him but Graham was the player that was getting in behind defenders in the first half he was beating them to the byline and he he, he was looking lively and it looked like if we were going to score it was probably going to come from the the move was going to come from Graham with Mm. how he was playing and then he gets substituted on something like 55 minutes and Mm. I just... I can't understand why. I know, I know that I know that Ojo's played well coming off the bench and he's made an impact, but he's sacrificing a lad that's just broken into the team in his first home starts, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But
0: performance on the pitch-wise, it was good from Gray. He yeah, made very, it was an impressive, good, impressive debut.
2: It was good, and I think the only thing I would say is if he's going to play in that position, I mean, he, he could be really frightening if he got a, le- a good left foot. Because you it can obviously see that the, the, the opposition are already happy to show him on his left foot. They, they, they don't want him coming inside because they know he can shoot proper from anywhere near the box. And they don't want him coming in. They're happy to show him outside, which is unusual for a wing player to be shown the outside. Mm. And which is and qu- quite strange when you're on the left-hand side of the box. that He's trying to score with the outside of his boot. Which, OK, nearly came off mm. and it looked great. But... I'd be much happier if he, if he could strike a ball with his left foot on that on that but side. But one time he
1: did actually get to the byline and cross with his left. It wasn't actually a bad ball. No, it was not box side.
2: And no, but I think if he if he really developed that game and they didn't know which foot he was going to go on, I think the fright, they would really put the frighteners mm. on him to
1: be honest. He looked a bit like um it was it was almost a bit like Jarvis when Jarvis first arrived at the Wolves and he couldn't really use his left for much. Yeah. And he eventually develops half a decent ball with his left foot, and I think uh, I think you're right with what you're saying. If he can get to that extent, I think time's definitely on his side as well. Oh, definitely, it, it, definitely. You know, you, you, you're looking if he if he if he can maintain this consistency. I think in two or three years, you're probably looking at a,
2: a good player there. Definitely, the, but the positive out of it comes from Jordan for Jordan right. Graham and from the fans. They got something to take from the game yeah. in, in terms of that player. But the negative for that is. Why hasn't he been playing? What was he doing at Oxford? And what what why has he gone to Oxford when you've signed other players? He goes to Oxford, then he comes back, and he's coming back in front of players that you've signed since well, he's been away.
0: That was the point I was going to make in the sense of Nathan Byrne. I mean, yeah. what what's what's <laughs> happened there? Oh, Joe, I think perhaps there is like Graham mentioned the substitution thing. You bring him on late, and he does seem to make that impact. But Nathan Byrne, you just think, what is Nathan Byrne not? And I don't think we've really seen enough of Nathan Byrne to make an assessment of no. Well, you know, from a fan's point of view, obviously behind the scenes, you know, Jacket and I may have made that. System. From fan's point, we haven't seen enough of him to suggest whether actually he's good enough
1: or not. I think if I think if James Henry hadn't been delivering week in week out, seven out of ten performances, mm. I think we might have seen a bit more from Burn in his natural position on the right. But mm-hmm. I think it's, when I think when you've got Henry, that's playing you know, playing decent games week in, week out. So I think it makes it very hard for Jacket to actually drop him because over the last over the last few seasons in particular, when we've when Henry's tended to play well, Wolves have as well, I think mm-hmm. I think he he's usually been a staple of the side that's been playing good football at the time. And I I think that's one thing that Jacket will always keep in mind whenever whenever Henry's on the pitch. But I think there's gotta come a point where they need to perhaps look at Taking him off earlier in the game just to try and bring on an impact from a, from an, from another side rather mm. than just keep sw- chopping and changing on the left wing all the time because it's been it's been going on all season. You've got you've you've got Ojo one week, Burn the next, Wallace the next. Where Wallace has gone, I don't know because he mm. wasn't even in the eighteen on no. uh, on Saturday. And then now you've got Graham as well. Who's, who's our first choice
2: left winger? We don't know. For Le- me, we, I, I wonder, some of these uh, there seems they seem to be like body signings, to me. Are they, have they really been signed in the belief that they're better than the players that we've got? I, well, mean,
0: like, I think R- Regan mentioned this a few weeks ago. It's almost like the aggregate signing, like um, Spurs did with um, Bale when they spent all that money. They haven't really replaced Asako. They've replaced, tried to replace him in the aggregate. and It's almost like hmm. Graham, yeah. Burn, Ojo... You know, well, those three, to an yeah. extent, are almost like an act, trying to get the best attacker in three players.
2: And all you end up with is unhappy players. Yeah, <laughs> In many ways, because they're all vying for the same position. They can't all play.
0: even from the outside league, let's keep talking about wingers. Van La Parra gone off on loan to Brighton.
2: High-flying Brighton. I've got no problem with him going on loan. I've got no problem with him being transferred myself. Mm. Um, it's slightly bizarre that he goes to the top of the league side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a bit, that's a bit slightly I
0: mean, odd. I mean, Brighton yeah. must have seen something in him, but it it, it, it kind of makes you think Brighton undefeated season. I think they are they third or something like that. The least in the they, fourth, so, they? Yeah. You know they must see something in. I know it's only till January, but they must see something in him. Hmm. What is it that they are seeing? Being in that position Best and being able, a goal at uh, Brighton, yeah. <laughs> <with the laughs> and, the and being
2: able to attract James Wilson as well. That, see, see some of the signings like you touched on there James Wilson I don't think we could have got him given mm. the position we're in mm. but I tell you I'm really disappointed we get we get Grant Holt and Birmingham City get James Vaughan now there's no comparison with those two players mm. James Vaughan is a terrific player
1: um, when he's fit yeah.
2: yeah and like if he's obviously fit at the moment to have made the loan to, to have had him for a few weeks and then if he isn't fit after a few weeks you haven't lost a lot it would have been a tremendous is signing. that down to position again Birmingham 6th are they still 6th 7th Oh yeah, possibly, possibly yeah. is. You know.
0: yeah. Back to the game. Anyone else who perhaps had a good game, bad game in particular? I don't think
2: anybody had a bad game. Because um, I thought Iolfer again played well. Yeah. I, think, you I know. thought Jack Price played very well. Um, and it, I, I thought actually Jack Price, to be fair, did try to shift more and, and play some more incisive balls in the final third than he has been known to. It was like he, as if he was making a real concerted effort to play balls into the channel. Mm. Um, Sorry
1: so, to interrupt, John, you were correct. Brighton went back top on Saturday. I thought I gonna yeah. I thought they did. <laughs> <laughs> So um, top of the table, Brighton. They went. They
2: went they certainly went top after the game. I don't know whether they're still top. They are. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. Hmm.
0: But I don't
2: think he
1: started Van hmm. the par. I think he was on the bench. So never play, he never played. Never came on. No, no he never, right
2: he never played yeah. But
1: no, um, I, 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 I couldn't pick out anybody on Saturday that was particularly bad. Yeah. Um, I thought Goldborn played better with Graham. I, I, than he has played for a while. I, I, I think. Goldwyn steadily improved and I think um, I think having Williamson alongside him has had a lot to do with that which yeah. I think is where, what I go back to earlier where I think uh, I was about to say Wilkinson then Williamson's going to be a big miss and it's I mean people can say what they want about David Edwards I know he's not everybody's cup of tea but I actually thought he did okay on Saturday as well I thought he, um, he you know he, he, he remained busy and I think it was testament to what he was like that Robinson did go out after the game and said that that, that, that was the period where the game became more open and mm. MK Dons were able to get forward. But for me, the, the disappointment on Saturday was a phobia. i I've got to be yeah, honest. Yeah, be the,
2: But you can't say he was bad. I can't say Isn't he was bad. A bad he, was,
1: he, he wasn't bad, but no. he should have done better with the opportunities he had, in my opinion. And yeah. The dallying about in the last... And twenty so, minutes or so,
2: but uh, for me, that, that that's a sign that Jacket's not strong enough. Mm. Like, there's no way someone like Mourinho would stand for that. Just go and just doing what, exactly what you want. There's a free role and a free role. You've taken the Mickey for me. Mm. Um, Is it positional in the sense where well, he's playing so that the, he's not? Sacco and Dicko have got a lot to different yeah. you know, um, you take those two away from around him, then it's a lot more difficult when he's, when he's up there on his own.
0: And I guess it goes back to something we talked about uh, a while ago with Sacco when he went through a. A bad spell at Wolves I think it was in League One, and then Dico came in, and him and Dicko paired up so great. It's the it's mates it's almost like obviously Dico will be around the club, but he's not going to be there really in the, on the team on match day. It's He's almost on his own in some yeah. ways, a phobie. If he's up top on his own, I guess he gets on well with Lafondre, but I would think that Dicko would be his preferred strike partner. Mm. And he's almost like on, you know, would that psychology I'm just obviously speculating here, but would that get you down? mentally on and off the pitch as well. It, it It's just a a throwaway theory.
2: Mm. Mm. But on that happy mm. note.
0: There's note there's to that, <laughs> on that all in all, uh, MK Dons, it was a clean sheet. At least we didn't lose. It's a clean sheet and a point, so yeah. the point near that's,
1: that's, saved, that's all eh? I can really that's all I can really <laughs> say. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, so on Saturday, Wolves travel to another team down at the bottom of the table, Rotherham. Uh, the second um, from bottom with 15 points. Uh, Neil Redfern in charge uh, at the moment. Um, they won their last game 3-0 at home to Bristol City. and They beat Leeds, uh, fully enough, the week before that. Um, two clean sheets. Surely this is a game that we've still got to win. Away at home. I know it's away at home, but second from bottom. If Wolves are still thinking of any kind of charge at the top later on the season
1: these are the type of games of the team we've got we should be winning I've got horrible flashbacks of last season where we completely bossed the game and ended up losing mm. um, and the year before we didn't we haven't, we haven't won we it at the new stage know. no mm. and and uh, yeah, it was that 3-3 game 3-3, the year before, 3-3. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Trip to
0: the Big Apple on Saturday, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The New York Stadium.
2: Absolutely. Mm. Looking forward
0: to it. I like Rotherham. I like the ground. It's, it's a terrific ground. Uh, as John mentioned, sorry, as Gray mentioned there, a 1-0 defeat, second game of the season. It was yeah. quite a remarkable given all the chances that we had. And obviously the last time we played, there was last at home where uh, we had that 5-0 thrumping. Um, what do you think of Rotherham in general? Because they, they, they stayed up last season well under Steve Evans' Surprise that he went. Um, obviously, he's now at
1: Leeds. But they've,
2: sh- they've struggled to hold on to their better players. They, you mm. know, every time they've had a, a, you know, the, the, the logs of Ravel, Agard, Ben Pringle. They, mm. you know,
1: they, I think Neil Redfern's a solid appointment for them, really, because yeah. I don't think um, I think they'll probably protect that sort of sixteenth to tw- to twenty second sort of position mm. there. I don't think they'll ever go any, any above that, but I think he's the right sort of manager to to steady them for the time being. Um, the pits. Are, Two good results, and mm. I'm a bit bit nervous about going there on Saturday, and mm. I shouldn't be. We shouldn't be nervous about going and playing Rotherham, mm. but I am given our precarious league form at the moment. Um, but you've got to you've got to go into that game looking for three points, no matter mm. what. We can't go up there and play for a draw like like we seem to have done in some games this season. It's got to be a case of we go up there all guns blazing, and even if it doesn't come off for of them, at least if they go up there and put in a performance that's that looks like it's capable of winning the game, then I think they'll start to get some of the fans back on side. Mm-hmm. But if it carries on the way it is at the moment, it's worrying.
0: Let's talk about uh, team selection for Saturday. Um, do you make any changes to the team that started against MK
2: Dons? Because um, well, Williamson's gone. Um, <laughs> above <with> the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> he will come back. <laughs> I won't leave you, lads. <laughs> McLaren will have one look and say, "Oh no, sorry, you can go back."
0: Ivan Sandell obviously is going to be um, there in the side. I've got a theory about um, team selection. Well, personally, what go for it's radical, but it could work. I,
2: I, I'm not sure. Uh... It'd be a gamble. But I don't think jackie would take it because he wouldn't want two small full-backs. I personally would play for at centre half and bring Nathan Burn in at full-back. Okay. But you're left with two small centre halves and sorry, two small full and and jackie will never, never, do, never go from mm.
1: that. I think I think handball will come straight back in myself. I think mm. it's uh, I think Kenny likes him and it's um, I, I, I think I, I, it's the obvious choice because of the fact he's the only other real option that we've yeah, got there. Corney obviously obviously still injured. So there's no reason I offer can't
0: play there. I wouldn't want to play him there. Why? I just don't think he's strong enough to be a centre back. Personally, I, I I I would actually prefer on e. Nil there than I offer. You don't, think, you don't think there's any
1: possibility about Carter perhaps coming into the coming into the fold? I mean, you've probably seen him. What you've seen a I've lot seen, more I've, than I've, I've only seen him two or
2: three times. Ashley Carter. Can't, yeah. I'd be very, very surprised mm. if he come in to make a league debut by yourself mm. mm. at this stage of the season. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't rule it out towards the end of the season. Yeah.
0: But Does the team write itself then? Apart from that, apart from perhaps the number ten role again, do you do you keep Edwards? Do you bring the Fonderi maybe and
1: drop a phobie to number ten, or and I, keep obviously Graham and Henry on the wings? I I, I personally. I'd probably go with a Fonder starting myself, and perhaps drop a Phoby slightly deeper. I mean, I know was criticising him for going too deep on Saturday, but I think to get, I think in a game like this, you have to go with two strikers, even if you don't set out with two strikers. If it makes sense, I mean, it, it, I, I think they need the goal threat on the pitch. And
2: the, the only problem you've got is the, the, is the distance then between Price and McDonald, and the Fonder and a Phoby. Mm-hmm. There is a because well it does mean the phobia's going to end up coming back in there and none of us want that but there is because there is a big gap the Price and McDonald don't play far enough up the pitch hmm. um.
0: we just said that Price is more should be playing more the deeper role than McDonald the forward role out of that combo rather than together attack they should be switching in the centre or one should be
2: yeah they should be up. but you, you watch them they play, they do, they, they do play in a line together, they mm. do go up and down together very much together as a, as a pairing they, do, they don't go that way
1: It's almost like they're, they, they're conditioned to play in a midfield three in the sense that you've got Price who's kind of like the to use the classic phrase about Didier Deschamps is almost like the water carrier in a way he's there to do the dirty work and then you've got you've got McDonald that's like the deep line playmaker and they're used to having that 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 other player in front of them, and it looks like if you take that, I, could, I can see what John's saying in the, in the sense that McDonald should really be playing a bit further up at the two of them, but it just seems to be okay. So there's always that gap. So your other option is is Wallace, who wasn't even in the 18 on Saturday, so I can't see that one happening. And so if it's if it's if it's Edwards and a phobie, that would probably isolate that problem a little bit more. But I think. I think they've got to go with uh, with the goal threat on Saturday. I think they have. They've got to they've got to win the game. They've got to start scoring goals again. That's the only way they're going to win matches.
0: How about the radical formation of three five two? And you play, and hear me out.
2: Yeah. You play,
0: and make slightly contradicts what I've just said before. You play the back three of for Bart and Goldborn, and then you play um, Price McDonald above them, and then you have room for Graham. Edwards, Henry, Afobi, Lafondra. You almost have two separate teams of attack and defence. It's radical.
2: Who would you be? Who are you playing then? Are you playing Ebanks, Landel, Barton? Oh, I awful.
0: awful Barton Goldborn. It's radical, but I think we're in radical times now.
2: No, no, not for me. I don't know where Goldborn plays in that three.
0: Anywhere he likes. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't see that.
0: Hmm. Well, John, you've just crushed my radical theory. I'm sure Jack is listening. He might be like, yeah, I he, that. He, 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 I the like only that. the only way
2: he'd go with that, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be I offer into the middle, and with, with Barton, e banks Landell, and you'd be playing some of then. Then you 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 might possibly be able to play Nathan Byrne and goldborn as your two wide players. Mm. Um, and try to play it how he, did, how he played second half at Bristol City but he played James Henry there who hadn't got a clue how to play in that mm. position mm. but by playing Nathan Byrne there at least he is playing him in a position he's played many times yeah. before mm. um, if he played Goldbourne with Graham on the left because they looked a lot happier as a combination on the left that looked the, the, the happiest goldbourne has been since Sacco's gone for me yeah. mm. um, and you have got a chance but you, you couldn't play Goldborne it does
1: make you kind of based on based on how he played on Saturday that if they'd have drafted Graham in at the start of the season in that Sacco role would that have made a big difference because it seems to be that he's 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 almost like the closest option we've had to that sort of player where in the fact that he's got pace he's got a trick
2: he's able to put a decent ball into the box and we he sort of like that this season mm. the biggest thing he's got is he faces up to his man with confidence yeah it it he's got the ball and he looks at his man and he's confident he, he's, he's got mm. belief in himself so hey, it I, doesn't reflect well on Jackie yeah. though this doesn't the I, fact that he's taken to the end of november and however many... You know, to realise he's got a player there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: But, but um, I, I think it, I, To summarise what I was trying to say, is, I, I just think it's got to be an all-out attack option mm-hmm. on, on Saturday. Attack, 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 attack. Do the Man United <laughs> chant. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be. <laughs> um, let's do predictions
0: then for the weekend. Uh, John Babb, the Baron. Um, what's your gut telling you? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I didn't call you Barron at the start of the podcast. No, he uh, didn't introduce
2: us. No, it didn't. No, we just was just the old, old gold glory crew. <laughs> that was it. So people just
0: guessed. Yeah, yeah. So, shows you how much I'm little prepared for this podcast this week. <laughs> I literally wrote my notes ten minutes before we started. You're still writing them when I got Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was Graham Lodge and John Babb on the podcast this week. But I'm sure you guessed that point there. So 1-1, one, one, Barron. Yeah. 1-1. One, one, one. One. Who's going to be the Wolf scorer? Maybe a Jordan Grayman there. Everyone to call him the new messiah.
2: No, Danny Bart will get the equalizer from my corner. Ooh,
0: classic corner header. Mm.
1: Danny Bart pulled it
0: headed home. Yeah. Lovely, Grave. What are you going to go for?
2: Well,
1: considering the fact I don't think I've ever got a prediction right in Wolves fancast history, it doesn't really matter what I say. So I'll go. I'll go one 0 Wolves, Wolves, and I'm going to say Adam LaFondre. Ooh,
0: I am going to be positive and although my gut's telling me we'll probably lose 1-0 um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 away win I think Rotherham will take the lead and Wolves will spur back into action and I'm going for uh, I'm going to go for Graham I think Graham might have one
2: in his pocket and um, a phobia but well, more importantly I'm predicting a couple of three points in the Sheffield tap and a couple of three points in the New York tap. <laughs> well that is all that matters John
0: and that's where we'll leave this week's podcast thanks for listening thanks to our sponsors Opera Creative if you're looking for a New website or web solution, check them out at uppercreated.com. Follow us on Twitter at Fancast Facebook Fancast, and email us at wolvesfootballfancast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to review that game against Rotherham. Just came to my head about Bolton, because obviously a few years ago they were established Premier League team, but there was also a Gary Megson Bolton that went to Bayern Munich and got a two-order all. That actually happened, everybody.
2: No, well, Norwich City went to, didn't. Norwich City winning by me, did like
0: mm-hmm. Jeremy Goss, yeah. But in recent history,
2: yeah, well, that well, wasn't that long, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Little factoid for you to to show you where how far Bolton have um, have gone. Yeah, in days gone by, and that's we'll leave it. Thank you very for truly, for this week. Uh, it's Boy from the Baron. Goodbye. It's Boy from Graham. Cheerio. And It's Boy from me. We'll see you next time.